Welcome to Hold Up, a podcast where we talk about the most relatable show to cis, white, rich lesbians, uh, the L word. Uh, my name is Grace and my co-host is Hudson. Hudson, how are you doing? I'm doing well today. I'm really excited to talk about the L word because that is a show that has some of the uh, most defining moments of my baby gay life and also the cringiest moments to watch back as an adult. And I'm super excited because my roommate, who is the biggest L word fan I know, um, who has single-handedly won L Word Trivia Contest for our trivia team, is here to join us and talk about the show. And that is Ariel Mahler. Yay! Yay, welcome. Yay, hi everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, my name is Ariel. Um, I use she or they pronouns. And, you know, I don't know that I would say I'm the biggest fan of the L Word (laughs) because I equally absolutely love it and despise everything about it. Um, but yeah, I was really proud to win L Word Trivia. It was a big, um, important show for me when I was coming out in all of the ways that that word means. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, today we we specifically looked at a season one arc that um, when you watch it with 2021 eyes is super cringy and possibly problematic about... Um, this character named Alice, who is like the token bisexual of the L word crew, uh, she decides she wants to be with a man and a cis man specifically. She wants Dick. Um, and she meets this person named Lisa, who in the episode that Lisa's introduced, and we're going to use, I guess, male pronouns. Do we want to use male pronouns? He, he says he's self-identified. Like he's like, I'm a male, I'm a man, I'm a a man who is a lesbian, right? Like that's how he identifies. Yeah. So, so yeah, he is, he is a man who identifies as a lesbian and, uh, Alice decides, yeah, she's going to go for it and date this guy. And, uh, you know, drama ensues. Should we explain the drama? I feel like I'm not sure if everybody watched, so should, should be, yeah, Yeah. let's talk to the drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so basically this character named Shane, who is like, Shane's like the L words version of Butch, which is still not really Butch at all, but like (laughs) the closest that they ever come to Butch representation. It's like kind of like hot LA Butch androgynous dyke um, has a friend named Lisa who is a self-identified lesbian man. And Lisa comes into the planet one day, which is the coffee shop that all of these lesbians frequent. And Alice, this bisexual woman sees Lisa doesn't know anything about Lisa's identity and, and is just like, wow, that's a really hot man. I want to date him. I'm sick of girls. I'm sick of drama. I want to date men, by which she means I want to date cis men. Um, so they start flirting. They start dating. Um, at a certain point, Lisa comes out to Alice as a quote-unquote lesbian man, um, which, and you know, the whole the whole like beginning of their short-lived relationship is that Lisa is incredibly empathetic and listens to Alice and cares genuinely about what Alice is going through, which is very impressive to Alice. Um, And then that quickly transfers over to a feeling of like exasperation and annoyance. Alice is like, I just want like a uncomplicated man. And Lisa is like complicated and and interested in Reiki and like, (laughs) You know, I think at one point Alice is like, you're the most lesbian person I've ever dated and you're not even a lesbian, which like we can unpack what that means. But um, yeah, and then there's this one very incredibly cringy scene where they are 
about to have sex and they're getting intimate and Alice wants uh, Lisa to fuck her using their biological uh, anatomy and Lisa is like I don't want to do that I would rather use a strap on and a dildo and Lisa's like I mean Alice is like you have the real thing I want you to fuck me with your real dick and it's very awkward and cringy and terrible and definitely non-consensual um, and that's kind of the straw that that breaks the relationships back and then Alice ends up leaving Lisa high and dry using phrases like you know I either want a lesbian who's a girl or a man who's a man and you are way too complicated for me. So yeah, I mean, it's it's full of cringy, problematic realness. Yep, non-binary people are too complicated. Is yeah. the thesis of the episode <laughs> or the arc? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting that I've been thinking a lot about in preparation for this podcast is, I feel like at a certain point we have to separate authorial intent versus like what's actually you know taking the show at face value because on the more meta scale like eileen shaken is a raging transphobe and i'm just kind of envisioning this writer's room space in which all of these cis lesbians are like you know what would be funny and weird let's have a man who identifies as a lesbian like i doubt that they even had any trans literacy or competency at all and they just kind of were like this would be funny male plus lesbian lol it, it's not it is like i think that's what they said like from interviews that they've done about like why like what was lisa like where was lisa born out of like where was this character like how did why did you create this character and they just said we thought it would be funny if we put all the traits of a lesbian in a man and like right. just to see how that like put put him in the world and just see what's funny about it and so that's what's like it's hard because like most of the stuff in the, you know, I watched all the, all the arcs that you, like the clips that you sent me. And then I watched one full episode and then finished the arc with some scenes. And it's like, the show is like, like it's a drama, right? Like it's, a, it's serious. So it's like this weird thing where like, it's in there as like comic relief, but when you're watching it, it like now it does not come off as comic relief like right. at all. Like there's not much that's like funny in any of the scenes, like literally getting into like, yeah, non-consensual mm -hmm. sexual encounters uh, being probably the worst, you know, thing that happened. You know, it's, yeah, it's just not really funny. So it's interesting that they were like, we're going to use this as comic relief. Yeah. I, so back in the, back in the day, I was, I was watching this show pretty much as it was airing um, because I was a little nerdy lesbian who knew how to use BitTorrent. And uh, I would read the recaps on after Ellen.com, which used to not be ragingly transphobic, but now is an openly transphobic website. So I would not recommend actually visiting that place anymore. But they d would talk about uh, Lisa in their recaps and they ent ended up, you know, interviewing the writers. I'm not sure if it was um, Elaine Chaikin, who is uh, the showrunner, or if it was some other writer, but they basically, someone knew a guy who identified this way in LA and they thought it would be funny without really talking to this person, you know, to get more of an idea of, like, why he identifies as a lesbian, you know, because it could be that this is actually a trans woman who is in the closet, and it's much easier just to say, you know, I'm this quirky identity that no one really understands in L.A. in 2004. Um, people are going to be more accepting of it because this is, like, an urban environment where people are liberal and understand homosexuality. Um yeah, and they decided just to make a joke out of it because, you know, the focus of the show is not, you know, they don't want men to be the focus of the show. Um, it's about the women, except Tim. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's interesting. I feel like that that sort of segues into like, what if we look at this show at face value and we remove authorial intent, which, you know, has pros and cons to doing it. But if we're trying to take the show at face value, then what do we make of Lisa? And, you know, is Lisa a trans woman who is having a challenging time understanding language for her identity? Because in 2004 in L.A., you know, that kind of language. I mean, yes, there were trans women in 2004, but but I think it was more complicated and there wasn't as much mainstream access to that kind of language. Um, and, you know, what do we what do we make of that, of like, Yes, the writers and creators of the show were transphobic, but if we're buying into this world and we're looking at Lisa the human, what what do we make of her identity and what do we make of the way that the characters treat her? Yeah, um, I mean, we talk a lot about on the show, like on, on Hold Up, about like, who are we laughing at or who are we laughing like with or who are we yeah. sympathizing with or who are, you know, and in, and their intent, I think certainly was like, you sympathize with Alice because right. like, oh, this is such a complicated, you know, it's so complicated and you're not making it easy. And I watch it now. And for me that I have the opposite reaction. I do not sympathize with Alice. And I feel a ton of sympathy for Lisa in the sense that like, I, you know, to call her a trans woman, I'm not sure, like he, them, a trans woman, I'm not sure. Definitely get like non-binary vibes of like, right. I'm, uh, you know, happy to have a beard and like, be, you know, identify as a male, but then also like, you know, my, you know, who I'm sexually attracted to. And, you know, that's sort of like, that's the vibe that I get. And so then when I look at Lisa from that point of view of like then being in this scene where like, um, doesn't basically doesn't give consent and ends up, you know, in this sexual encounter that's like very uncomfortable and then leaves, um, was there something in between that scene and because I think the next scene I watched was them in bed together? Um, yeah, there's together. like a two episode period of time where Lisa just doesn't show up at all, okay, and then right. all of a sudden Lisa's back on the boat with Alice hooking up. So I don't think you missed anything. I think it's just like a weirdly told arc. Well, it's, it's not it. from it's not from his perspective. Uh, it's not from right. his perspective either, right? It's just like right. that scene happens, and it's more like I guess you're supposed to be like. Oh, that sucks for Alice. And then Lisa storms <laughs> off, and the next thing you have is like him in bed being like, "Oh, where are you going? Like, come back." Or you know, it's not it's right. not told it's not his story at all. It's right. Not story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm sure they like like so like Ariel and I we we ended up watching like several episodes um, so we could like grab the timestamps for Grace so she didn't have to deal with watching the L word. <laughs> um, and we we ended up like trying to find like the the breakup scene, and like a whole episode went by without this breakup scene. Um, and I think honestly, they just like decided right. they were going to put yeah. Lisa in wherever they could fit it, you know, in the, you know, their 45, 50 minute, um, you know, allotted time um, for the episode because it was, it was just not important, you know. Um, I think, you know, their ultimate goal yeah. was to have Alice get back with a cis woman. So they needed to, you know, have her little foray into, you know, men who are either lesbians or identify as cis straight men and then go back to, you know, women, spoiler alert, she gets with a woman at the end of the season. Uh, uh, and yeah, it, so like he very much was just kind of like cannon fodder who um, no one, yeah, just no one cared about. And um, I think if this were written today, I don't think even Elaine Shaken would, would, would touch it like that. I think she would bring more nuance to it, even though she is kind of like an old school lesbian who uh, doesn't like you know, who doesn't really understand trans representation at all. Like, I, I don't really watch the new L word, but I understand, like, they're not horrible at it, but they're not great at it either. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with the L word, 
is has been and continues to be that they are more interested in telling trans masculine stories on this show about lesbian women. And so like, you know, we can talk as much as we want about Max, who is a trans man character who's on later on in the series and is, is there for like three or four seasons and sort of becomes a main character. But they're there and you know generation q which is the the version the rebooted version of the l word that just came out last year um there's a trans man who's one of the main characters and there are a couple trans women on the show but they're very much side characters and they're also not out as trans women like it isn't explicit that they're trans women mm-hmm. other than the fact that the actors are trans women so again you have this show where these lesbian creators these cis lesbian creators are sort of lumping trans men in with cis lesbians, which is just, I think, is a uh, something that unfortunately happens in a lot of like, quote unquote, queer women spaces is that these are spaces that are created for queer women and trans men, which is obviously incredibly fucked up. Am I allowed to swear on this thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so like a much more accurate representation of lesbian communities that I know would be cis and trans lesbians in community with each other, dating each other. Like that's what that's what the picture really looks like. But unfortunately, the L word has and continues to have a very sort of skewed, weird understanding of, of what that looks like. It's such not an un, like that. I think that like that's not like a totally foreign thing that like people would lump trans men in with like cis like without under without having understanding or context for like what what you actually are saying when you do that when you when you put those two groups together you're basically invalidating a trans man's experience right and and the you know the reverse would be true so um unfortunately it's just like not an uncommon thought so it's not surprising that it shows up in our in our media right yeah, it's very, I like to call it turf light because it's people who don't think they're being exclu- like exclusionary right. at all. Um, but like kind of turf light because they're not, um, you know, necessarily think they're being exclusionary. But, you know, they, they feel more comfortable with the idea of trans men because, you know, it's not really a man. Like, especially because like not like a sm- only a small percentage of trans men get like bottom surgery um, because it's like a very expensive and um, painful uh, surgery so they like you know and like there's this whole idea of gold star which even they get into in a later episode of the l word where it's if you've had sex with a man you're not a gold star lesbian and it's like well is you know just because someone had sex with someone who happens to have you know the, the assigned male at birth anatomy doesn't necessarily mean they were having sex with a man you know like it's it's just a, like there's just like a lot of fucked up things about like womanhood that the l word um, brings up and like how they who they consider part of the in club and out of part of the out club because like there's a point for trans men when they kind of like leave the lesbian community because like les- you know most lesbians are not interested in like a hairy person with a deep voice they're interested in you know so it's like you kind of like have to walk away from it and i the l word doesn't really get into kind of gets into that with max but not really um I don't know where I was going with this, but basically I'm just trying to say that the L word, yeah, it's, it feels like those kind of turf light spaces that exist in the queer community, even to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, I think too, there's like this thing of like, when we're talking about like, what was their intent with this and, uh, what are they, uh, like, what were they trying to do and, and what are like, you know, in the real world, what are people trying to do when they like make that mistake? And again, I think this like, you know, there's all this talk of like, I think in the real world about like, um, 
you know, people just don't know. And I think like that's the difference between intent versus impact, right? It's like you might not intend to be doing what you're doing. You might not intend to be like transphobic, but you you are being transphobic and what you're, you know, the way in which you're classifying people or um, who you provide your space to and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's complicated. I feel like, you know, in New York, obviously pre-COVID, but I always felt really strange in terms of like where I fit in in like nightclub-y spaces because yeah. like you know I first moved to New York I was identifying as a gay man at the time and so most of my I would go out with like my cis gay male friends and those were pretty much 98% cis gay male spaces and I never fully felt at home there and didn't really understand why until more recently when I came out when I was like 27 but but now or I guess you know again pre-COVID when I go to spaces that are designated for queer women, I look around and it's mostly queer cis women. And I'm so I'm just kind of like, where are the trans women? Like, wh what space are we invited into? Because a lot of times it feels like we can't really feel good in, in cis man gay, like capital G gay spaces. But there's also like very few of us out and about in, in quote unquote queer women spaces. So it's, it's, it's a strange world. No, I feel that. I get that. Like there's, um, you know, I'm just thinking about a personal experience I had where like there are, there's this like um, couple who like I see at the dog park all the time and I can't decide if I like, we, I don't, you know, sometimes at a dog park, you, I don't know, you, you don't, might not have dogs, but like sometimes you know the dog's name, but you don't know the owner's <laughs> name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it's Tommy and his owner or, like, you know, or, who, right. you know, and so in this case, it's like Flash and the owner. And so we, we've been chatting, but I don't I've never like said what my name is. And I always have this anxiety of like they're going to ask me what my name is and I'm going to be worried that like like I know that they're lesbians, but I'm worried about like like do I do, will they if I like say my name is Grace, will they like you know, what is that going to mean? And it's yeah. interesting that like it should like in the LGBTQ space that should be like the last place I'm like worried about um coming out but there i do have that like you know that sense of like mm, i'm not sure if i'm gonna like fit in and then that's like the end of this like you know relationship i have where like our dogs play together at the park. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i feel like like i definitely like I, I see this from an outsider from the trans woman perspective that i see i feel like a lot of trans women like feel how you feel ariel um you know, in Grace, like they, there's, you don't find, have a space for yourself. So there seems like there's been spaces that are trying to be created, but even those get invaded kind of like, like there's a trans women picnic or trans ladies picnic, um, which is a trans women only event, uh, like for trans women to go to a park and uh, eat food together and hang out. And it's very much exclusionary. It's only for trans women. You can't bring your partner who's not trans, a trans woman to this event. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of like a, um, you know, a reaction to these spaces where if you're trans feminine, you just don't feel as comfortable because like everyone around you is either cis or trans masculine, especially when it's like, like a women's sort of situ space sort of situation. And sometimes I feel like those spaces like to tokenize trans women saying look we're not exclusive right. so we're like we're gonna do this thing we're gonna give like you know if you're a trans woman you pay two dollars instead of five dollars to get into this party or we're gonna make this trans woman the the like the the part like the host like the hostess of honor so to like basically attract more trans women to come to the party without really getting to the structural issues that are causing trans women not to want to come to these things 
Yeah, which is bringing us back to Lisa, you know, it's like, who are Lisa's friends? I mean, the thing about the L word is we don't, we don't, we don't see anything from Lisa's perspective. So all we know is that he is friends with Shane and then Shane kind of like brings him into this group of cis lesbians. But we don't, we don't see Lisa interacting with any other trans or non-binary people. We don't know like what Lisa's community is or how Lisa and Shane met. Like these are all things that I would be interested to know about. Um, what do you yeah. think of that scene where um, they're like, kind of like he's in the bathroom and they're kind of like, like what is like, are you attracted to him? Cause he's a man. Or are you attracted to him? Cause he's a lesbian and he comes yeah. back. And then they're kind of like, uh, I don't know what, what's the characters she like is kind of like, who cares if he wants, you know, if he wants to like, yeah. you know, give up his white, yeah. his privilege, like who cares? And they all like cheers. Like, what did you think <laughs> of that scene? So that's fascinating that you bring that up because so that, that woman kit, Pam Greer, um, is a staple on the show. She's in all the seasons. She has a, a lot of arcs. She's like, sort of like the token straight woman. Like she's Bet's sister, and and she has some queer relationships at certain points. But like, she's ultimately a straight woman, and primarily dates men. Um, and later on in this show, when Max is introduced, and Max begins to transition and take hormones and is considering top surgery, Kit sort of corners Max at one point. And it is like, sort of gives that classic turf line of why can't you just be a strong butch woman? We are losing all of the butches. All of our strongest and best women are becoming men. And like gives that sort of classic turf, lesbian, queer turf thing of like, yeah. we're, we're going to lose all of our women. You should stay a woman. You can be the butchest woman ever, but we still want you to be a woman. So in that case, she's a explicitly very turfy and yet here she's the one that's kind of the most empathetic and radical in terms of like whatever like this person is who they say they are let's just acknowledge that and celebrate that um so that just juxtaposition but then again like the l word is notorious for having very very poor character consistency <laughs> so the characters completely change identities from one season to the next so it's not entirely surprising see but... i see that as very consistent for for Kit because Kit is very like rah rah womanhood, very like second wave feminist. Mm. And I think she likes the idea of a man wanting to remove his privilege, but she doesn't like the idea of someone she perceives to be a woman gaining privilege, um, like male privilege. So I think it, 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 that might be one of the more consistent pieces from her. And it reminds me of a line from um, Orange is the New Black where basically the I forget her name that woman who's kind of in charge she she says I, I could never understand why a man would want to become a woman and lose all his privilege um mm. so I think I think she has more respect for that which is like kind of a fucked up way to look at gender <laughs> um, yeah and you know it's also interesting this line Kit has of like if he wants to give up his white male privilege to become a woman and that's questionable because I'm like who's writing that line you know for a black woman to say who who's the like is if Eileen mm. Chaikin who is a white woman like I don't know what the writer's room looked like I don't want to make assumptions but I'm assuming it was pretty white and so you have these like white women writing a black woman's line saying he's giving up his white like maybe he's giving up his male privilege in some ways he's definitely not giving up his white privilege and so for Kit to be the person to say like, yet yeah, let's celebrate him giving up his white privilege. It's like, what? <laughs> they very much conflate uh, his sexuality with his gender. 
as well, which yeah, is a problem, right? right? Like when they right. when there's because like this whole thing, like the 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 like punchline of the joke, right? So again, we're going back to like what is the joke that they're writing? It's like I'm a male identified like lesbian, or like I'm a I'm a lesbian male, right? So he keeps like he keeps identifying as like a man. I'm a man. I'm a male. Like they choose to have him like you know he has a beard, you know whatever. Right. And so, but then when they're like he's giving up his male privilege, he he's actually never really said that. Right. He's never said that. He's just saying that he's attracted to women and, it, you know, whatever that means to be a lesbian who's a man. I, like, I don't I don't really right. know. But he's never said he's not a man. Right. That's like the whole like, I mean, whether they they're they're using it as a punchline, as a joke that he's like, look at this male lesbian. But like at the same time, they are heavily, heavily like you know, conf- like confusing the two, like, or, or like yeah. combining the two that like being a lesbian means you're a, a woman. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would love to like check in on Lisa now and be yeah. like, how do you identify babe? Like what's going on? Because there are some pieces of that, that I can under, in terms of the male lesbian identity, like at the time in 2004, you know, part of the reason why it took me, you know, a a certain amount of time to come out as trans is because the only narratives that I was hearing of trans women were very, very binary trans women who like hated their dicks when they were kids and like wanted to have all the surgeries and wanted to go on hormones and like fully binarily transition to a woman. And that that level of binary transition never felt right for me. So because I didn't fit into that very specific box of transness, I was like, well, I guess I'm not trans because I'm not that type of trans. And so I can see a world where someone like Lisa, maybe who has a, you know, interesting and complicated relationship to their gender. Like maybe there are, they, they identify more as a, as a woman or as a non-binary person or whatever, but there's no language for that at the time. So like male lesbian is maybe the equation that makes sense at the time because they're like, I'm attracted to women and there are certain pieces of womanhood that I identify with but other pieces of, of womanhood or like other pieces of like the trans womanhood that I see represented in the media that I don't ascribe to. So where does that leave me? You know, so I'm, I, we I demand like... a Lisa spinoff. Yeah, we yes, demand absolutely, it. We absolutely. want it. Hudson, I mean, we've, it. Hudson, we've talked about that a lot, right? Like in the step of like, and that, that story of like, this is the narrative of like what it, what being trans means and what you hear. And this is like exactly the whole point of like mm-hmm. a lot of what we're doing in this podcast is like, look at what these narratives were. And then our like result is like, wow, I just wish there was more narratives, right? I wish there was more yeah. queer media. I wish there was better queer, you know, because like for some people, yep. Like when we watch Will and Grace, like the experience of like, Will that like, you know, that, that, res- that re- resonates to me, like as like a, a gay white man, a cis man, but like, that you know there's so much more than that and so that's the thing yeah. right like we just need way more narratives we need more queer media so that people can like find the pieces that they that like they're attached to yeah and like a lot of like what i when i when i when i'm looking at lisa like i look at like kind of like the turf fear of like trans lesbians invading um lesbian spaces like there's this idea that there are cis men who pretend to be lesbians going into like women only dating apps like her or I would say her is the only one that I would say is exclusively or Lex is like another one. Um, And like, they still look masculine in their photos. They still look like the gender that they were assigned at birth in terms of like stereotypes. And they say, this person isn't a a lesbian because look, this person has a beard. Ah, my computer do not restart in 
57 seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh no, this might happen. I don't know how to, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I might not cut this out. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to cut this out. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, there's specifically there's this this person. I won't even say his name, but he created a very popular British sitcom, um, mm-hmm. and he has decided to spend his days now just bashing trans women. And he joined her, and with just a picture of himself saying, he, "Look, I'm a trans lesbian." He he he, because he says there are men on this app because there are trans women who just either don't have the resources to transition or they don't want to, you know, look like, you know, a feminine woman. There are such, like, there are butch trans women, there are masculine, there are feminine trans men. And, like, they're, like why does having a beard have to be a masculine trait? Why does having short hair have to be a masculine trait? You know, it's a, or a men's trait, you know? Um, but it, it, it creates, I don't know, like, it creates this like fear uh, within like these these turfy cis lesbians like look we're being taken over by men who just want to be with who want the fantasy when actually it's so much more complicated than that and like there's also you know there are trans lesbians who can't shave because it irritates their skin you know they they or they um, they have to for religious purposes keep a beard um, like I know in there's in some religions like you're not supposed to shave you're not supposed to cut any of your hair you know um, and it's just like it feeds in like it's there's these two ideas that tra- that like transphobes I feel like have especially the radical feminists that gender is over that anyone can dress however they want it doesn't matter clothing it doesn't it doesn't have a gender and also like but women are women like women must have a uterus and a vagina and be able to have children to ha- to be a woman and like be able and must be able to bleed so it's like it's these two like parallel ideas that are never going to collide, but makes no that to me make no sense, like having the, having these two ideas, um, in tandem, because yeah, gender is just so much more than that. Sorry, I just I mean we've I mean we've talked about we've talked about church before. One thing that I'm interested, if it's okay, if we like if I pivot a little bit, mm-hmm. is like I don't think we've actually had a had a discussion on this podcast about like self identifying and like the myths, especially I think in the UK. Like the person you're talking about is like uh, pretty active in in the UK in terms of like uh, being a pretty like you know rampant uh, transphobe. Um, and there's just like myth that like self identifying is going to like you know, make women unsafe in change rooms that it's going to like, you know, lead to like men just like competing as women in the Olympics. Like, um, like, I think we could break down that a little bit of like what, you know, I understand the fear that like people are like, well, if a man could just identify as a woman whenever they want, then like, they're just going to choose to compete in the Olympics. It just doesn't happen. Like, like, just like, just like, in the world, it's just not a thing that happened. Like, like they could do if they're like, you know, oh, I'm gonna go into the women's wash, you know, into the change room and do something terrible. They could just do that anyway. They don't need right. to like spend all this time being like pretending that they're trans to go and do something like that. So, um, yeah, I think there's this like idea that like self-identifying is this like thing that's going to like break society and lead to like suddenly chaos everywhere and like you know it's gonna break the system. But yeah, and it's it, not. It, it, and it hurts, like, women who don't necessarily, like, cis women who don't necessarily, like, fit into the, the standard, like, you know, in terms of, like, how much estrogen they, and testosterone they produce. Um, you know, these, these are folks who might actually also 
uh, be intersex, um, which brings everything even to a more complicated place that breaks turf's heads. Uh, but, you know, the there have been women who have lost their, you know, their gold medals because they had too much testosterone in their system. And these are cis women who... Yeah, yeah Castor. Castor uh, yeah. Samania. Yeah. yeah so I like, used to, a few years ago, before I started doing film, I worked as an LGBT educator out on Long Island. So my job was literally to go into schools and workplaces and do like cultural competency trainings on queer and trans issues. And the number one biggest question that I always got from adults, mind you, not from youth, was this bathroom thing of like, what about predatory men who dress as women and go into bathrooms? Which like, yeah, it's just like that is like such a narrative that has been fed into the minds of like suburban moms by like the Republican elite that just like so isn't actually real. And so like, let's look at statistics of how often that happens. And yet you have this like terrifying fear. And yeah, to Grace's point, I mean, that would always be my response is I would be like, frankly, if there is a man who's going to go into a woman's bathroom like he's going to do that. Mm -hmm. And he, and it's like, you know, we, we can talk about how we can protect against like predatory men and we can have that conversation, but like, he's not going to go through all of this effort of like fully transitioning, going on hormones, all of this stuff. If, if he's the type of person who is going to be predatory in that way, he can just do that. It's like, he can just walk into a bathroom. It's like, it's just like, are they going to be in court? And they're like, uh, judge, may I present the evidence that, uh, my client was wearing a dress? And they're like, ah, you're free to go. Like, it's like, right. it's, it's illegal. Right. It's like illegal what they're doing. And whether they like are pretending to be a woman to go and do that. Why are you vilifying trans people? Like, to, because like I guarantee you, yeah, whenever I am forced to go into a public restroom, and I, and you know, I, it, it's like this whole complicated series of equations that go through my head when I have to go into a public bathroom in terms of which one I'm going to use. Like, what am I wearing that day? What, how does my hair look that day? How do I feel that day? Like, frankly, wearing a mask, like, I feel like I pass better as a woman because I don't have this huge jawline. I, I so love I'm like, masks. if I'm wearing a mask and my masks. hair is down, I'm like, okay, been, I'll go into the woman's restroom. But great. I guarantee you, <laughs> I am more afraid of all of those cis women than they are of me. Like, I am, like, doing yeah. my best when I'm in a woman's bathroom to, like, minimize myself. I, like, yeah. dash in, go to the stall, close the door immediately. Like, I, like, have my hair draped over my face as I'm, like, aggressively washing my hands and then I run out there. Like, it is way more scary of an experience for me than it is for any of the cis women and girls who are in that bathroom. I, yeah, I want to say that like from my own trans masculine experience, I was more terrified when I, before I started any sort of hormones, when I was still identifying as a woman, when I went into a bathroom as a butch woman, then any, anytime I went to a men's room later on in my yeah. life, women would give me the meanest stares. Like you don't belong in here. Um, because I wasn't feminine, even though at the time, at certain times I was identifying as a woman going into this bathroom. And the moment I started going to men's room, no one gave a shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of terrible things about men's bathrooms, specifically the cleanliness. But like, I feel like it is less terrifying for like me, like the people, they don't care. Like, I feel like I've seen like men come in with their daughters into men's room and they don't care. Like there's no like, yeah. like feeling of sacredness with a men's room where I feel like that some women put a lot of like, they consider it like a safe space from men. Um, Wasn't there someone right? on Twitter who was saying like, I think all these like 
these men who have guns should be going into the Twitter or into uh, into the women's bathrooms to protect cis women. It's just like that's, <laughs> that is not going to happen. Like you will be terrorizing cis women. Like do not no. realize what that like what you are doing. Anyway, I I also think a lot about. Like, I was having a conversation just yesterday with a uh, a friend of mine. She lives in Australia. I'm Sarah, and she I was like, "What are you doing today?" And she's like, "I'm swimming." And I was like, "Oh, I have not been swimming in literally years, and it's yeah. all because I have like anxiety about like finding a bathing suit that I." you know, feel comfortable in and be, you know, a change, like change room anxiety. And it's just like, not to be like, Oh, I wish we would be accepted so I could go swimming, but kind of like, I kind of wish it was like, yeah. easier for trans people to mm-hmm. like feel comfortable going swimming. Cause it's like, I really love swimming. <laughs> so yeah. The only places I feel comfortable swimming are like in the middle of the woods in Maine or like Reese beach, which is a queer beach in New York city that like yeah. everyone is queer and topless and nobody cares. Um, yeah. Yeah. After pandemic, Reese, you have an open invite to come stay in the guest okay. room at, uh, at the Great. apartment and come and go to the beach, uh, to Fun. the gay beach. But that also yeah. brings up for me an interesting, like I've, I've like had many therapy sessions in which I've talked about, like, what does it mean to be, to be trans in quarantine? It's like, mm. like if a tree falls in the woods and if like, if, if, if a trans person is alone, in quarantine and nobody is there to see them be trans like what does it all mean you know and i i feel like for me it like brings up this complicated double standard around how like cis women can wear any number of clothing like cis women can wear baggy sweatpants and a t-shirt and nobody will question that they're cis women cis women can like walk around without makeup and whatever nobody will question that they're cis women but for trans women i think like Again, the idea of butch trans women or trans women who like don't wear makeup every day or or wear pants and whatever, like are immediately invalidated, which again, bringing us back to Lisa, it's like complicated because who knows, you know, how Lisa would identify in 2021. But again, like there are plenty of cis women who don't wear makeup and wear jeans and t-shirts and, and nobody even thinks to question their womanhood. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like the forced feminization of all trans women, um, almost. Like, it's like it, it's kind of like backed up by like psycho like psychologists and like psychotherapists and psychiatrists who are like, you have to be interested in men, you have to be, you know, hate your penis, blah blah blah, in order to be a trans woman. And the opposite for being a trans man, which you know, is you know wildly outdated at this point. But I still think there's a lot of people who think like, if you're trans, you have to be opposite you have to be a heterosexual trans person in order to right when like honestly for a lot of trans people it opens up your idea of what you can be attracted to when you realize gender is like a bullshit construct yeah it's it for me for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. i remember one time i told my therapist and i was like i'm just worried that i'm like you know i'm playing into stereotypes if i'm you know doing all this thing. and she's like maybe we could just figure out like if you're happy and then we'll like worry about breaking down like stereotypes yeah. later i was like yeah it's a good point yeah that's so real it's like it's like you can't win like if if you if if i put on like let's say i do get dressed up and i wear a dress and makeup and do my hair or whatever then i'm like am i just like trying to perform a version of femininity that is this ideal woman thing and then if i go out to the opposite end it's like am i not trans enough to be in this space it's like you know a friend of mine a trans masculine non-binary friend of mine who has a lot of trans femme friends gave me this analogy that it's just it feels so good and right that like 
womanhood period cis or trans womanhood is like this this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that that many women are like trying to arrive there but it doesn't actually you can never actually arrive there it doesn't actually exist but it's this mythical idea of like if i just keep going maybe i'll find the pot of gold and i will achieve perfect womanhood and i will and that's that's it and then it'll be over and when in reality like there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but there's this idea of what we think it's supposed to look like and if there is if and if like there is like this quote-unquote pot of gold it, it always gets moved back like further away yeah right every, every right. step you For take sure. like every surgery you get every you know month on hormones you are it's like you'll never get there because there's always going to be somebody who's like you're not a real woman or you're you know is always going to invalidate your gender whatever your gender is Do we, yeah, do, yeah. We, do we want to talk about Matt? I, we, we, we've been talking about trans women, and I, I'm happy to keep you yeah, know, listening no. in on this conversation. But yeah, do we want to bring up Max? Let's talk about Max. Yeah. Um, so we, we didn't watch any episodes about Max, but he's kind of seared into my brain um, as he was one of the first trans men I ever saw on television. And he was introduced in season three as kind of a butch lesbian uh, who knew how to pee standing up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was like his introduction onto the L word and a love interest for one of the main characters, Jenny. And he, he's like a Midwestern, very like, um, in that very like a uh, stone butch sort of style. And he comes to LA and kind of sticks out as a sore thumb. Cause he's very into like chivalry and, um, like the, the idea of like, that's like the femmes and the, the butches get together sort of thing until he meets somebody who kind of, who is trans and a trans man. And he kind of opens his eyes. It's like, wait a minute, maybe this is something I am. And, um, he, he gets on hormones and has a very stereotypical, like I have rage and anger cause I'm on testosterone. And like, he grows a beard in two weeks and then he plans to get top surgery and then he doesn't get top surgery because he he's having doubts when a lot of people have doubts about their top surgery, but still go through it with it. And the, the, uh, the biggest issue is that he's played by a cis woman who, you know, is not going to, her voice is not going to get any deeper than it is. She's not going to have any real facial hair. And she's of course not going to get top surgery just for a role. So <laughs> there's a lot of things about this character that just um, are problematic in the modern modern day like this would not this would not fly i think even in like 2013 like uh like being played by a cis woman like the stereotypical rage like you know tea didn't make me more rageful tea made me sad and tired and and hungry you know yeah (laughs) it's it's just going through puberty again (laughs) yeah it's wild how like aggressive and violent Max gets, and then the show blames it on his tea. It's it's wild. And there's people out there who do that to this day. They they you know they they say like like he's on like I have I have a friend who had an ex say that he was violent because of his testosterone, and I don't know if he is a violent person. He uh, never was to me, but that she was blaming it on his testosterone when, you know, that might be a, a issue he has outside of his, uh, his, him being a trans man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it's just like, it's, it, it, they were just reinforcing these terrible stereotypes about trans men. And to the point where they ended up like filming a whole scene at the LA gay and lesbian center at a trans masculine, like group therapy session with like the worst acting of, of all time. The worst acting of the whole show. Yeah. Um, to kind of like, 
correct their wrongs because they also had him getting his tea illegally instead of him going through a um, a doctor, which I you know I don't blame them for doing that because in two thousand six when his character was introduced, it was much harder to get on hormones in a place in even a place like L.A. Where today in like in like these more liberal states, you literally can just go do informed consent where they just give you all the permanent side effects and you sign a form and then you can get your your prescription. Um, I don't know if it's like that in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, it just depends on your health care again. Like, so, like, I have a plan that covers, in the same way I could get any prescription, like, you know, for the most part, uh, covered, that I can get my hormones covered in the same way. So I pay, like, 10% of the prescription or whatever. But if you just don't have health, it's not really covered under, I don't, mm, it could be under, like, the public plan. Depends on the province you're in, probably. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. There is one scene with Max that is, like, to me very hot and I think it's like accidental like okay let me just back up and say something there's this really beautiful article on autostraddle which like used to be a space sort of primarily for cis lesbians but I feel that they've gotten a lot better at including trans women in their queer womanhood um there's this really beautiful trans symposium where there's like four different trans women who talk about their feelings about lisa specifically that i strongly recommend everyone look at and if you google like autostraddle l word trans symposium if you send it it, if you send it to me the link i'll put it in the show notes great beautiful um but where was i going with that i don't actually know but anyway the point the point is there's this one scene with max early on where max is dating jenny but Alan Cumming comes onto the show as like this fabulous, like femme gay, like party promoter person. And there's a sex scene between Max and Alan Cumming's character that's like so hot and gorgeous and and beautiful and, and really lovely. And then like later on in the show, Max identifies as a gay trans man. Um, and I just remember loving that scene. And I feel like you know, I feel like the L word accidentally sometimes stumbles upon like really nuanced, beautiful stuff when they're not even meaning to. Like that scene is like, you know, in 2006 or seven to have a, a, a scene with a gay trans man and a gay cis man hooking up in this like really beautiful, hot way. It's like, I think a really well shot and directed sex scene kind of was like revolutionary but then like five minutes later max is back on his bullshit again so it's it's like interesting that there are sometimes these moments of like whoa they really went there um do you know what i i I thought watching this the stuff that you sent me including the flip out is that like um yeah the arc of lisa is like i mean it's very interesting i'm i'm so i was glad like when i was watching it's like oh this is gonna be really fun to talk about we've gone in so many different places with it um it's obviously like you know there are problems or whatever with it i really liked almost everything else that i was watching like in the show like i loved uh in the episode we watched um what's the character who's like the tennis star and her like yeah and so dana being like so in the episode we watch she's being told by her agent like you can't be gay like your public image cannot be that you're gay like you just we would just won't make any money and then later in the episode they're like whoever i don't know who it is a marketing team or whatever is like no we're gonna have you be like the gay anna kornikova yeah uh, and I, her moment of just being like yes i'm doing that and you're fired to the agent right. i loved it it was so great and it's like a very real i think that's like you know that's like very much in the hollywood view of like you, you know if you come out as gay you're, you're only going to get to play gay like that's it right and so um i i liked it i like the rest of the stuff i see why 
people liked it and it obviously you know with anything it's gonna have places where it missteps um but yeah 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 there are some really cute moments i think also in the episode that you watched grace is the like intervention where they they like (laughs) bet and tina who are like the (laughs) basically married lesbian couple who are expecting a baby are like boring and and always talking about their pregnancy (laughs) and then these other women like sit them down and are like, you used to be fun. Now you're boring. Like, that's like a really do funny the self-assessment. Cute... Do the self-assessment. Right, 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 yeah. right. It's like a yeah. cute scene. Like they have these cute little moments of friendship between the friends and it's nice. Yeah. But... Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like I had straight female, cis female friends who watched that show in college and were like, this show is so fun. It'll the drama. I don't care about like that. Yeah. They're lesbians. It's just more for me about like the character arcs. And like, I think being interested in seeing like, someone who identified throughout like high school and college as a, as a cis straight woman getting seduced by a woman who the character, Jenny, um, who's basically based on uh, Elaine Chaikin. Um, you know, oh, really? like I, we're supposed to see her. I like, we were trying to figure out how old Jenny was supposed to be because like, she's like had just graduated from college. So we're like, wait a minute. She's supposed to be like 22. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And just like, you know, so I think, you know, it probably helps some women come out. It probably also helps some women realize gender is so much more, and, like, sexuality is so much more complicated than being straight or gay. Um, so we can't, like, completely write off the L word. Like, as much as, like, the later seasons really went for, you did some wild and wacky things. Um, like, it, it was revo- it was revolutionary. And, like, I, I, would, I do want to jump back into Max. The, the scene, so, spoiler alert, Max is pregnant in a later season. Um, <laughs> if this was around the time the pregnant man, um, Thomas Beatty, I believe his name was, um, was in the news, and they decided to make Max pregnant because he has a cis male lover, and it blew my little gay mind that Max was having penetrative sex in his, um, his reprodu- with his reproductive organs. Because um, <laughs> I didn't think... I thought if you were trans everything downstairs was like locked up and um it it definitely like 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 literally like my eyes widened my brain exploded um and it it really like it shaped for me like being someone who became more comfortable with being you know in those sort of sexual situations um and not feeling like it invalidates my gender that's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's stuff in the show that's going to be like resonate. For, for me, it was just like, you know, we've talked about, again, every episode, I'm like, Hudson's experience with queer media is like things that were very gay. And for me, I'm like, how did it like impact like mainstream media? And so for me, I was just sitting down and I was like, yeah, this is pretty like, you know, to watch a show that's like just entirely about lesbians um, is like different. Like you don't you just don't see it. So it's like it's super nice to see, you know, Um I think speaking of Max, one thing I, I, at one point I wanted to make about the testosterone thing of like the testosterone, uh, causing him to like, you know, have rage or whatever. It's sort of similar to when people are like, when somebody will do something bad that they're like, it's my mental health that like, you know, that like, mm. it's, I have, you know, I have, you know, anxiety or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but there's lots of people who like have mental health issues and don't, you know, do something terrible, you know? So it's like, you know, you can't just equate those two things with like the reason why someone does that in the same way that I don't think you can equate like someone being angry or whatever with like them being on testosterone is like the, the sole you know cause of that yes it reminds me of these like memes that i've seen going around of like 
you know, the, the bad queer 20 something roommate who's like, I'm so sorry. I haven't been able to do my dishes. (laughs) My trauma is really affecting me right now. And I feel like you've been incredibly hostile in this state. Like, it's like, come on, just do your fucking dishes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that that is real. Yeah. And it's kind of like how some, it's like, you can be shitty and you can be trans and those are not connected. Like, yeah. And right. you, and you never misgender someone just because they're a shitty person. Yeah. That's like, oh, sure. yeah. like, cause that's just like, do that's just like unneeded cruelty. Like, like Caitlyn Jenner is not a good person, but if you misgender Caitlyn Jenner, that's shitty. Like you're, yeah, yeah. you're being shitty. Yeah. I think it's, I think it go. I mean, there's so many like ties back, but I was thinking about like finding like trans people finding their place in the world. And it's like the one thing that I really struggled with too, was like, uh, I would, I went to this like support group. It was like just trans people. And then I was like, Oh, I'll be able to find my people. And then I was like, Oh, I don't really like many, like, like and it just was like, it, and it's not because it just happens to be people who I didn't have the same like personality as. And so like, it's already like super hard to like make friends as an adult. Like, uh, and then yeah. you're also like transitioning, uh, or like have transitioned or whatever. And then you're trying to find people and you think like, well, if they're like, it's so funny. Cause I always joke about how, like somebody would say that to me is like, you would be best friends with this person. They are also trans. And you're like, yeah. Okay. And then, but like, I do it in my head. I'm like, well, maybe I could find this like trans friend. And then I'm like, oh, I don't really get along with you. Like, it's like I hope none of those people are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> no, some it people happens from all the, the time. Support group I, who I love, but, yes. I have like a little, a little like network of cis women who message me every single time they meet a trans woman or like there's yeah. a trans like woman in the news. It's just like, yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that's like, there's like, that doesn't happen, I think, to trans masculine people as often, but I feel like there's the me- the well-meaning cis woman who, like, really oh, wants yeah. to prove They're that she's worst. not transphobic, who does that to trans women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to touch on from the episode before we ask the the big question? Uh, I think there's so much we could touch on, but I think we might need to do a, a second parter on this in the yeah. future. We could do a Max. We could we could watch the Max episode. Yeah, we might. There's a whole Max would be like there's it would be a lot of clips and a lot of episodes because he becomes a main character. But I would love to do a Max. How, how about episode. Grace? If you if you feel like you want to watch the L Word on your own, yeah, and you get to season three, we could like we could definitely. Yeah. like revisit i think i will i think i mean there's so much tv to watch these days but like i do i, do, I did feel compelled to want to watch more so i probably will yeah. cool i think it's time to ask the question though um so ariel at the end of every episode we ask the question of the podcast does it hold up does the l word lisa specifically the lisa storyline hold up in 2021 i mean no <laughs> I, I, I like wish that it I wish that it could. I wish there are pieces there are there are seedlings of promise there, but it would just need a total makeover in order for it to be worthwhile or informative or relatable in any way. I just really hope that, you know, Eileen Shakin, if you're listening, do a fucking trans she, woman art. She listens every week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, she yeah, does. Yeah. Um, do a trans woman arc on Generation Q. Like, yeah. it's great that you have Leo Shang. Leo Shang's a great actor. He plays a, a trans guy on the show, a very unproblematic trans guy. It's awesome. And then, again, there's, like, two trans women on the show who are, like, very, very minor characters, and their transness is not discussed at all. I'm like, you are making a show about queer women. Make a centralized queer character who is a trans woman, and then you can maybe redeem yourself. Now is your chance. And we'll, we'll, if you want, we'll write the Lisa spinoff. 
if you want. Oh, yeah, we fully will. I would love to write the Lisa spinoff. Yeah. Um, so to me, like, does it hold up? I think that, like, you're right. No. I think I was surprised when you told me we're watching an arc about, a, like, a, a male-identified lesbian named Lisa. I was like, I'm going to hate him. And I did not hate Lisa. I right. really didn't like, uh, I can't even remember her name. Alice. Uh, Alice. 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 I just didn't like Alice. Alice is the worst. And it's like, has really terrible behavior uh, in all the clips that I watched. Like making Lisa have sex, like, or like use his penis. Uh, like then like being like, don't do, don't walk away. Like you just like had non, a non-consexual sexual interaction. Uh, he can definitely walk away if he wants to. Mm -hmm. And then being like, I just want like a, like a cis man or like, you know, uh, like a straight man or a, or a gay woman. And it's just like, uh, that's like, you know, that, you know, that's, that's problematic. Those so like two genders. The two, yeah. the two genders, yeah. The two so, cisgenders, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, Lisa is fine. Lisa, there's, I have no problems with Lisa. I have problems with Alice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I, I think Ariel said it best. Oh, uh, uh, my mom is calling me, but we'll just finish this up real fast. Uh, no, this does not hold up. Um, and uh, I think I don't have much to add other than what Ariel said. Yeah, like it just need they just needed to not throw her in as a kind of like a joke. She needed to get or he, sorry, um, needed to be considered more of a serious character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we talk about what we're doing next week, uh, Ariel, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Absolutely. Um, so I am a filmmaker, and the project that I am currently producing is a web series called Bad Ally um, that I co-create with Dequisha Jones, who's a Philadelphia artist. Um, and Bad Ally is a sort of like a reverent political comedy that tells the story of Mix, a white non-binary trans femme, and Harriet, a black cis straight woman who are best friends. So it's kind of like if Broad City were a trans woman and a black straight cis woman who are best friends. Um, it's funny, it's political, it's it's cringy in all the best ways. I mean, the name of the show is Bad Ally. Um, and so you can see our episodes on our website, badallyseries.com. And we are also active on Instagram. The Instagram handle is at bad underscore ally underscore series, bad ally series. Um, and we have been releasing episodes in quarantine called the Quarantine Chronicles. So our latest episode is out and episode three will be coming out in March or April. So Bad Ally, the web series, check it out. Yeah. And uh, do you have your, uh, do you want people to follow you on Instagram too? People can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is royal underscore they, royal they. Uh, I'm public and open and available so <laughs> we will put it all in the show notes including open and available yeah. yes yep all right and grace what about you where, where can people yeah. find you follow me on twitter at hi from grace yeah. and i'm on more of an instagram person non-binary tagged in our uh our instagram which is hold up podcast with one p and we also do twitter which is hold up podcast one p on twitter uh, so follow us there, rate the podcast if you so feel like it. Like we promised, if we get five-star reviews, we'll read them on the podcast. Um, nothing new recently. 
Um, I'm kind of okay with that because I'm, I have the fear of getting a one-star review. Um, so I, I kind of very barely ever check our reviews. <laughs> if we get a one-star review, I'm just going to pretend that they, like, they were like, yeah, you get, like, you're number one. That's what I'll pretend. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to take it poorly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, next week we uh, we're gonna have some fun next week. We're so uh, it's little <laughs> newer media. We we brought her up already, but we're gonna be talking about I Am Kate, the the reality TV show that Caitlyn Jenner starred in in the uh, was it 2014 2015. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. We're, we're specifically gonna talk about season two, episode one, where Kate is uh, going on a bus journey with a bunch of other trans women who hate her. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's like so As uh, I said before, not all tr- trans people are friends. So yeah. <laughs> this will be a great example of, of, of that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, that's it from us. Once again, thank you so much, Ariel, for you know taking the time to. Uh, yeah, I love being yeah. here. Thank you for having so me. So fun. Great. See you for part two of the L Word. Yes, yeah, I'll be here. Yeah. All right. Well, bye. Right. Bye. Bye. bye.